good morning. If you have a Bible with you this morning, turn with me to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, and we are going to take the second step, so to speak, on this journey of faith as we travel through this book of history, this book of triumph, and I pray that God would make it for you and for me a book of direction. Last week we looked at uh, Joshua chapter 1, and I spent most of our time on two verses in uh, Joshua chapter 1, and so I want to go back and I want us to, to look at this passage again and uh, dig deep in that well, so to speak, and then we will move forward into Joshua chapter 2. But uh, Joshua chapter 1 this morning, as the journey continues, I want to read all the verses. Verses 10 through 18 is where we will spend our time this morning, and they will be on the screen uh, maybe all the verses will be, but I know that 10 through 18 will be when I get there. So um, let's read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Y'all see that? He's already done it. I, I have given it to you. Just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the, the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. 
your wives, your little ones, your livestock, they shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua. So this is the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. They answered Joshua. All that you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Heavenly Father, as we look at this passage... Father, as we look at this word that you gave to your children so many years ago. Father, would you draw us close in this passage? Would you draw us close to yourself? Father, as we see this journey about to begin and this journey continuing with this people, your people. Father, would we see ourselves there as well? For you have us on a journey. God, right now, some of us in this very room, some of us are in the midst of a valley in this journey. God, we're crying out to you wondering why this event has happened in our lives, why this event has happened in a friend's life. We don't understand the place that you have us right now because it is a place that is dark. It's a place of loss. It's a place that we're questioning. God, would you show yourself strong and mighty in that place to me, to us? Father, some of us are, everything's fine. Job's fine. Wife's fine. Husband's fine. Kids are fine. Life is fine. God, would we not take that for granted? But would we praise you and thank you for the place that you have us right now? And Father, steady ourselves for days in the future that might not be so fine. God, I love you and I thank you for these that are here this morning. Would you speak? God, would would you give us each a a nugget, just, just a small taste if nothing more, a a small taste of this passage and you speaking into our individual lives. May it stick. God, I ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Two points on our journey this morning for, for you and for me. The first is this, preparations for a task are necessary. Preparations for a task, they're they're necessary for success to be achieved. This summer, 
I had a number of trips that I went on, some uh, trips for a day. I would leave early in the morning and I would just be on the road. I actually did one of those this past week and uh, I had to prepare for those trips. There were people that I had to see. There were appointments that I had to make and that I had to talk to um, three and four and five men to say, all right, how is church going here? And how can you and I talk about vision? How can we talk about uh, ministry? And I had to prepare for those trips. I had to pack bags multiple times to go either on a family vacation or go on the mission trip that we went to out in California. And I don't know about you. I'm kind of a spur-of-the-moment guy. Y'all probably know that by now. But, but I am. I'm kind of a spur-of-the-moment guy, and I am married to a lovely planner. And um, we have kids, and one of our kids is kind of like me, and one of our kids is kind of like her, and so it's a nice melting pot at 34 Tanner Cove. But Paige likes to plan, and I don't. I don't know if you ever find yourself having to prepare for a, a trip. And, you know, as we were packing for California and, we had our bags all in our bedroom, and three of the bags were packed. Mine was the one that wasn't, and it was 20 minutes before Stephen Wright was coming to pick us up to take us to the airport, and it was two weeks that we were going to spend, and here is literally what took place in those 20 minutes. I packed everything that I thought of in one bag, and there were still a couple of things on the bed, and I was like, can't check a second bag, so I unpack everything out of that bag, and I go get a bigger bag, and I pack everything in that bag, and my last thought was, you know what, they got a Walmart, if I don't have what I need, they've got a Walmart, or something like it, and we'll just go, and you know what, when I got out there, I had to go to Walmart, I had to go to the grocery store multiple times for things that I was supposed to have in my bag. All because I didn't prepare. Now, I didn't need to have my bag packed three weeks before we were on our trip, but I needed to have my bag packed 20, more than 20 minutes before. Just thinking through that. Here is a passage of Scripture that Joshua is speaking to the tribe, the tribes of Israel, and he is saying... Guys, we are moving. Get prepared. In three days, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go over this Jordan. And I know it's, it's, it's a scary sight at this moment because this Jordan during this time, it had overflowed its banks. It was raging. And he is saying to this people, hey, prepare. We're going over the Jordan. Maybe some of you have moved in the past. Think about it this way. If you look down your street right now, and you're moving, what are you doing inside? You're packing bags, you're packing boxes, you're packing up all the stuff. But think about like this. What would happen if everybody on your street was moving the same day you're moving? It's going to be a little chaotic on your street. And I'm glad I don't live on your street. What would happen if 
everybody in your subdivision was moving the same day. It would be crazy in your subdivision. Let's expand it a little more. What would happen if everybody in Hernando, Mississippi, next Saturday was moving? I want to move before then. Every single person who was called an Israelite, two plus million people are hearing this statement, prepare your provisions because within three days you're moving. Now granted, they don't have all the junk, I meant stuff, treasures that you and I have. Probably, but two plus million people moving all at once. Prepare your provisions. You and I must take this task, and it is a necessary task. In our physical lives, it is a necessary task. In our spiritual lives, to prepare our provisions for success. To come about. Aren't you glad that God is not a spur of the moment God like me? That He is a planner? Aren't you thankful that He thought way out in the future? Hey, Israel, there's going to be a day. And Way out in the future, he started planning and he started preparing for that moment with Israel. And not only with just that moment with Israel, but he started planning way out in the future for you and for me because God is one who prepares. If you were to look up these verses, we're not going to take the time to look all of them up or to speak to all of them. But if you were to look in Matthew chapter 13 verse 35, or maybe you were to look over in uh, chapter 25 verse 34, or maybe in John chapter 17 verse 24, or Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 20, here is what it states. One of two things for all of those verses, it states this, before the foundation of the world, This happened. Either God was talking with His Son, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, this is your direction. This is the plan that I have for you. You will go to the cross. You will die. You will rise again for Brian Tillman, for you put your name there. Or, in those verses, if you would look them up, you would see that this is going on in God's mind before the foundation of the world. I have chosen you to look like me in the end, so therefore I am preparing you for the 70 years that you live on this life, the 80, the 90 years that you are given, so that you, ma'am, sir, Brian, River Bend, so you'll look like me. I have prepared for you. I want you to prepare as well. Preparations are necessary. They're necessary for you and they're necessary for me, for us to have success. I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that even though there are things that occur in this life, 
that my finite mind, my brain can't comprehend. There are questions that I have that come up every time I look at usatoday.com or foxnews.com or and I think about terrorists who are beheading so-called innocent people. I see pictures of people rioting and pillaging in a city in a neighborhood that is here in the United States. I think of a brother in Christ coming down with what has been called meningitis and being hospitalized for what? And now more things are coming out. I think about a mom who has had a miscarriage and a surgery. Multiplied others. And I question why in the world? I don't comprehend. I can't comprehend it. What what is going on, Lord? And he says, in all of those events, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, I am strong. Would you walk? Would you trust? I know you don't understand. I, I know it's tough, and but you're not alone. Just as he tells those in Joshua chapter one, hey. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm always going to be right there with you. I'm always going to be right there drawing you close to me and moving with you in the direction if you would just obey. You and I find ourselves trusting in something or we find ourselves trusting in someone. Who's it going to be? What's it going to be? Joshua told those his leaders to go and tell all the children of Israel, prepare, because we are moving. Trust me, even when the river of Jordan has overflowed its banks and it is raging and you don't see a bridge across there, trust me, because God has said that we will go into that land. Who are you trusting today? It's not a hard question. Some of you are trusting in yourself. Had a conversation this week and it went something like this. It's a continued conversation. Hey, I just just living my life and I want to have fun. The essence of that conversation kind of goes like this. When I'm 60, 70, 80 and getting toward the end, I'll do what God wants me to do. Who says that you're going to be there, sir? You and I aren't promised six o'clock tonight, let alone 85 years of age. Who are you trusting in? Some of us are trusting in our wisdom. We're trusting in our own understanding. Some of us here are trusting in chariots and horses. We're trusting in things. We're trusting in houses. We're trusting in jobs and We're not guaranteed those. All of it will come to nothing. All of that is chasing after the wind. Reminded of a story of a CEO of a Fortune 500 company who after 45 years of climbing the corporate ladder, his words were these. I 
finally got to the top of the ladder and I found out that I was climbing the, long, the wrong ladder. Got to the top. I've got everything. And I found out that I just climbed the wrong ladder. God has a plan for you just like he did Israel. Why not prepare right now? Why not come and say, hey, Lord, if you want me to cross the Jordan, I'll cross it. If you want me to pack my things, I'll pack my things. If you want me to trust you, I trust you. But when you and I trust him, we need to understand that it is him being in control and us not saying, all right, I'll give you part of my life, but I won't give you all. When he's in control, he is in control. Second and final point this morning as we look at this journey is this repetition repetition of words it breeds familiarity as well as remembrance repetition of words repetition of things you hearing things over and over again it brings familiarity to that subject to that issue to that topic yes but it also brings the aspect of remembrance This passage, chapter 1, there are two things that are spoken to repeatedly or two things that are being repeated in the passage. One of those we kind of looked at last week, but another we really didn't speak to. So let me bring those back to our memory. I will repeat some of the things. If you weren't here, you get it the first time. I will repeat it. Some of the things, if you didn't get it last week and you were here, you have another option. You have another chance to do just that. Joshua repeats in this passage what Moses said to the Reubenites, to the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh. If you look at Israel and you were to look back in the back of your Bible and you were to see those, that map of the land of Israel um, you, you would see that there is just a specific amount of acreage on the other side of Jordan. And then there is some acreage on the eastern side of Jordan. Well, not all the 12 tribes could fit or they weren't going to get their inheritance on the western side of the Jordan. Some of them, the Reubenites, the Gadites, both of those two tribes, and half the tribe of Manasseh was going to receive or did receive their inheritance on the eastern side of the Jordan. But as they were there and as they had conquered those kings and as the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh had gotten into those towns where they were going to be living, Moses reminded them, hey, your brothers are still in the midst of a fight. Your brothers have not received their inheritance, so therefore you must remain constant with them until they receive their inheritance. And then you can come back. So Moses, in his last words, you can read the latter part of Deuteronomy, from Deuteronomy chapter 25 through the end of the book, it is a couple of different messages that Moses had for the children of Israel. And in that, he is championing that statement for them to remember. So Joshua brings it back up. He said, hey, just because you are all at peace, you've got your bags unpacked, you've got your boxes, you've got your TV set up, you've got everything at your house all organized, you still got to come on and help. 
said, Brian, what does that have to do with me? Let's just take it spiritually for a second. Just because you have your things in order, as a brother or a sister in Christ, just because you are allowing God to rule and reign in your life, there are others around us who need us to stay in the fight. We need to pray for them because they're struggling. They're brothers and sisters in Christ right now that they haven't even accepted Christ, but they will, and you and I need to be praying for them. Joshua repeats what Moses has already stated so that it would become familiar to these Gadites and Reubenites and half of the tribe of Manasseh so that it would be familiar to all the tribes of Israel knowing that they are better and stronger together than they would ever be as one tribe or one family or one individual. Communication is vital. It is vital. It is vital in most every area of life. Have you ever heard something one time and you thought, okay, I got it, boss man. You don't have to tell me again. I got it. And you set out to do that work. Whatever that task is, you are, it's not that you're being lazy. You are full on and you are doing exactly what you thought you heard. The end of the week rolls around and boss man comes back and says, what have you been doing? That's not anything what I told you to do. We can draw it home a little closer. Spouse comes in and says, what in the world are you thinking? You did hear me say spouse and not wife and not husband, so it's for both of us. What do you think? And that's not anything that I said. There is nothing that I said that you are doing. So let's hear it again. Moses says it. Now Joshua says it. The fourth, the fifth, possibly even the sixth time that you hear it. That second passage that is repeated in this chapter are these words. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Three times in chapter 1 of Joshua, it is spoken to Joshua. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Joshua, we'll follow you, and whoever doesn't obey you, they'll be put to death, but Joshua, be strong and courageous. You ever just gotten sick of somebody telling you the same thing? I got it. Really? This is three times in Joshua chapter 1 that we hear that. Maybe I'm speaking to you this morning and uh, maybe you can remember back in many days gone yesteryear or maybe it was just yesterday that you heard these words from your mom or your dad. Hey, pick up your room. Just pick your stuff up. Really, clean your room. I got it, mom. Must not. Still junk all over the floor. Just take the trash out. Pick your plate up and put it in the sink. I don't ask much of you. Or whatever the catchphrase is at your house. God's saying the same thing to us. 
He was saying the same thing to Joshua because Joshua needed to be strong and Joshua needed to be courageous. Three times right here in this passage. If you go back in Deuteronomy chapter 31, there are four times where Moses from the Lord says this same thing to Joshua. So seven times it took for Joshua to understand, hey, be strong and courageous. He was thick-skulled like I was, like I am. But if you fast forward over to Joshua chapter 10, he got it. He did, because he stands up, and it's in the middle of them advancing into Canaan. It's in the middle of them uh, winning at Jericho, being defeated at Ai, and now spreading out, and they are they're tired. They just want to stop and they just want some rest. And he says this to all of Israel. Be strong and courageous. So he had taken it in. He had understood it. He had internalized it. And now he is using it for all of Israel. Some of those things you need to take in. Some of those words we need to understand. Maybe it sounds like a broken record from the person that is speaking right now. Maybe it sounds like a broken record when we hear announcement after announcement about connect and we want you to be a part of it. Why? Because we want you to be a part of it. Why? Because we know that if you are a part of it, you'll grow. You'll grow. Be strong and courageous. You and I were not given a spirit of fear our timidity. You and I were given a spirit of power. You and I must be reminded over and over again that the spirit of the living God lives inside of you and lives inside of me. The God who spoke this universe into existence. The God who proclaimed even before he created Adam and Eve and there was a need for a savior. He said to his son, you will be this savior. You will go. You will live. You will die. You will rise so that they might be reconciled. sitting in my truck yesterday driving uh, back from here and uh, pastor that I know Chuck Herring at First Collierville was uh, on the radio and I got the middle of his sermon and it hit me and he was communicating out of Psalm chapter 51 And here's what he stated. He said, for those of us who are called back to the Father, a couple of things have to happen. Here's what has to happen. Number one, you have to confess your sin. And that's exactly what David did. David sinned with Bathsheba. He um, was in the midst of adultery. He wrote the death warrant of her husband Uriah. And he comes to the point. He says, God, against you and you alone I sinned. And he confessed those sins. And then he asked repentance. And he sought God for forgiveness of those sins. And he said, for those of us who are born again, for those of us who are revived and we are seeking the Father and we are close to the Father, here is the one action that comes first and foremost when those things occur. He said, you will desire to speak to and to see sinners 
told the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I sat there and I thought as I was pulling in my driveway and I, I didn't turn the truck off. I just thought, I said, am I really wanting sinners to hear the gospel? Am I really close to the Father? Have I confessed those sins that, you know, even those little ones, just to let you know, there aren't any little ones with God. They're not any white lies. They're not gray or this shade or that shade. They're all black and they all cost Jesus his life. And he laid it down and gave it for you, knowing that. Have I turned from those things and have I sought him? Because if that is the case, then I will desire, just as David states in verse 13 of chapter 51 of Psalms, that sinners would hear your word and turn to you. Some of us this morning, as we come to a time of response, we need to prepare our provisions because it's time for us to move. Spiritually, it's time for us to move. It's time for us to pack our bags, get the boxes, and for us to cross over this Jordan that we think is impossible. And God says, I'm going to take you there if you'll obey. If you'll just follow me, Here's a whole land of inheritance for you. Some of us are here this morning and this is the first time or this is the multiple time that you have heard these words. You need to remember them. I need to remember them. We need to act and walk and live here because God is trying to get a point across to you and he's trying to get a point across to me for our good. Some of us, as we come to this time of response, the response is for you. It's for all of us, really, but it's for you. It's time for you to die to self. You've had enough time. The last five days, the last five years, the last five decades, you've had enough time living for yourself. It's time for you right now. God's giving you the opportunity to come to Him. Heavenly Father, The response is for you. It's not a show. It's not a time, Father, for us to think about what others are thinking of us about. But Lord, would you draw us? God, would you draw us to yourself? God, we need to remember. We need to remember how much you love us. We need to remember what you've done for us in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we need to remember that we can lay everything down at the cross. God, you paid for my sin, past, my present, my my future sin. You paid for it all at the cross. And God, you are beckoning me and us to come to you, to surrender and to live the very best life now and forever. God, you speak and you draw us. Father, that my prayer is that we would obey, that I would obey as we come. 
Sir, this morning, the response, the invitation, this time is for you. It's time for you to get right. He has given you lungs that are still having the ability to inhale and exhale. He's given you a uh, mind that can comprehend His Word, and He is showing you, ma'am, right now, how much He loves you. Would you come back to Him? As we stand and as we sing, the altar is open. You come. Maybe you need to bow the knee afresh and anew. You come and speak with me. I'll pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, let me introduce Him to you. Just obey as we stand and as we sing. Show me.